Welcome to Iconic Talk. This is your community's podcast with conversations about real estate, local happenings, and all things Winchester, Virginia. My name's Mark Francis, a local broker, realtor, and owner of Icon Real Estate. If you want local knowledge, you have come to the right place. Well, once again, I'm flying solo today. It's uh, perfectly fine. I'm able to do that, but it still makes me feel like I'm missing a part of myself. Megan is not here today um, with us, but she will recover and come back to us next week. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and, and even though she's not here, let me just give a quick summary and recap. You know, so um, this week is a busy week for graduations, as we summarized last week. So that's going to be happening in my world um, today and tomorrow and over the course of these next couple of days. Uh, last week, just reporting back, I told you how I was going to be playing in a golf tournament. That was successful. So we supported um, Blue Ridge Soccer for that. And, uh, you know, we have Memorial Day coming up this coming weekend as well. So there's a lot of things around Winchester that is exciting. Uh, the spring is here. Things to look forward to. But today we're going to turn um, to a topic in the real estate world that we have not covered yet on our Iconic Talk podcast. I'm excited about it because it's a world that uh, I don't know too much about, admittedly, and I'm a realtor, and you know things happen in this world that I just turn to the experts. And today, that's what we're gonna do. And this has to do with septic fields. So just giving a little bit of context, uh, if, you, if you're not aware as a homeowner, you either live in a location where there's public water and public sewer, or you live in a world where uh, you have a well and you have a septic system. And so our area is filled with a combination of, I'm not sure what the split is. I'd say it's probably in the Winchester-Frederick County area, at least a 50-50 split, if not more people that have the well and septic um, package deal. And well water is obviously free once you put it in there and septic is uh, obviously free as well but there's a little bit of maintenance part of it when you're in the city or you're on in a county neighborhood where you have the the public water and the public sewer you pay fees for that so some people appreciate living um, with well and septic uh, but it, I say I don't know much about it because there's multiple kinds of systems out there. There are things that some people just say out of sight, out of mind, and we're about ready to hear why that's not necessarily a good idea. So I was able to turn to a friend of mine who I met years ago um, out at a job site knowing that, okay, this is somebody that I need to rely on um, since he is the expert and I'm not. His name is Matt Farrell. And uh, it's funny, before we got him on, I was like, just help make sure, remind me, um, you know, of, of how to go about spelling your and pronouncing your name. And he says, yeah, it's like Matt Farrell, like Will Farrell, And everybody knows who that comedian and that actor is, obviously. And I said, do you, do you get people to ask you if, you if you're related? He says, sometimes I try to pawn that off like I am. <laughs> they, they don't look exactly alike, though. But um, he, he's going to explain things even more succinctly than I can do to give the intro um, of leading up to it. So here's my conversation with Matt Farrell from Onsite Wastewater Service. And uh, he has a fascinating story and he has incredible knowledge. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Matt. Well, I'm here with Matt Farrell from Onsite Wastewater Service. How are you? 
doing well. Thanks so much for being here. And you know, we've done multiple different deals together. I say deal. You you probably treat it as just like, hey, I'm just going to show up somebody's house and working on septic systems, right? I just, mean, just trying to make water go downhill and stay in the ground. That's an easy way of explaining it. I love it. Well, before we get really to the down and dirty of it all, yes, pun intended there. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you from? How'd you come to Winchester? So... I have probably the weirdest story in septic. I grew up in Manassas on mm-hmm. sewer. Okay. Uh, my experience with excavation prior to college was uh, I got suckered into trading a PlayStation 2 for 14 holes in my parents' yard, which was for their trees. Wow, okay. I signed up for that thinking that it was going to be amazing. I didn't realize they had bought 50-gallon trees. Um, took a whole summer. Holy they they definitely won on that deal. Wow. Uh, then... Went on a big roundabout kind of story. I uh, went to college. While I was in college, I stumbled across a new species. Spent my my time there traveling the world, telling everyone about uh-huh. that. Got hired for an aquaponics specialist at the head of uh, WVU as a uh, fishery scientist. Wow. And over the course of some things, that um, there was a layoff uh-huh. because of a budgetary issue. And when I got out of that, my neighbor was having a septic pumped. And I was like, you know what? I should probably have mine done too. <laughs> and I ran through the woods, grabbed the guy, said, hey, can you help me out? And he said, I'll, I'll challenge you to something. If you can have your septic dug before I get there, I'll give you half price. He looked at me, my flip-flops, my Prius, and knew that there's no way possible yeah. I could ever do that. Yeah. Well, he was wrong. I love a deal. And uh, I dug a three foot by two foot hole before he nice. got to the end of my driveway and I nice. got that half off deal. Love it. And then um, turns out that the, the world of septic has changed tremendously from what most people expect is a box in the ground. Uh-huh. And there was a bunch of new licensing requirements. Well, hmm. those licensing requirements were actually what I used to design at WVU for commercial aquaculture. So go back to w- <clears throat> WVU. That's fascinating. So did you come out with a degree at all? Like, what did oh, you? Oh no, have? I mean, I'm I'm fully science wise. Science. No, so I actually went to Auburn University. Okay. And so they hired me. I was in a trip on San Diego, yep. and I found a paper that I really liked. And this story gets really long really fast. But basically, I got suckered back into coming to West Virginia because they couldn't find anyone that knew how to integrate plants and, and fish together. Uh-huh. That was what I was doing in my backyard is for fun when uh-huh. I was in college. Uh-huh. And I ended up the head of an entire farm really quick yeah and we spent a lot of money we came up with a lot of really new technology but unfortunately west virginia's budget did not find that uh, advantageous to continue so Uh seven million dollars later in three years we just mothballed that project and it's now got a tree growing through it wow um but before that i was i was worldwide getting phone calls two three in the morning asking questions about how to how to grow this one uh, plant behind fish the plant and fish and what's interesting is alternative septic is what we have in people's yards right now. It's the same technology. Interesting. It's so literally fish fish filters. So you're taking your you're taking your background with mm-hmm. that, and then I probably cut you off with your story. But no. so you, you you dug a hole to get a discounting deal mm-hmm. for your own personal septic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then was there were there light bulb moments that went on and said, okay, I need to merge what I know about. So. That, that operator uh, asked me, he said, you know, how did you learn how to dig this fast? And how did you, he's like, you know, I, I actually had a lot of um, ideas about who you were but based on looking at you, but obviously you've proved me wrong. And, he, <laughs> and he, he wouldn't even tell me where he lived. He wanted me to interview. I ended up having an interview at McDonald's because he didn't want a guy with a Prius pulling into his <laughs> property. I'm, and I'm not kidding. That really happened. Um, 
But the the moral of the story on this one is that he couldn't exist without my knowledge and continue his business. And so I got hired there to hold their license. And then I trained mm. their staff because mm. I, I was an educator mm -hmm. uh, in extension. Mm -hmm. And I trained their staff on how to do it. And then there was a time that both of us said, you know, let, let's just divide and conquer. You know, you, you stay over here, I'll stay over here. And um, in the very beginning, we worked pretty close together. But as I grew... Very slowly, three to five years, uh -huh. I, I worked out of a Prius. What? I was no. A, I was the laughing stock of septic. How do you do that? Did you know that a four-inch, ten-foot pipe fits in a Prius times four sideways? Oh, my goodness. So you're going back and forth a few different times to the, to the shop or to the store to, uh, to get the, I, all the materials to the site? And, and I had no excavator. I had no skid steer. And I have uh, my hands have healed, but I used to have calluses like yeah. you wouldn't believe. And it was literally sheer grit and determination because I have a family that I couldn't leave here. And, yeah. and uh, at least a, su a son. And so that kept me tied to this county hmm. and so i had to reinvent myself was it my favorite thing no but in the end it's actually it's one of the most blessings i've ever had in my life i just couldn't quit yeah so how long ago was that uh, i'm really bad at timelines i want to say about 10 years ago now wow and i did at, at least three years soul prius and people would i would pull up their house i was like Believe me, the reason I'm cheap is because I get to drive this car versus a hundred thousand dollar <laughs> diesel truck that never turns off when it's here. Yep. But now, now we got the diesel trucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do turn mine off in the driveway though. There's no need to idle it the whole time I'm working. That's a good thing. Yeah. Well, so I'm gonna play very dumb here. Yes, I'm a realtor and I pretend to know a little bit about septic systems, but I'll be honest because I don't know a lot. I don't almost. I almost don't want to know, but I'm I'm wanting to know now because I feel like. There are a whole variety of septic systems that exist. And I also feel like around here, locally, there's a couple different options that people, and that at least I encounter as a realtor, depending on the location, depending on the condition of the, the land and the house and the age of the system that might have already existed. Walk us through, just put your educator hat on. Yeah. Walk us through the top couple of septic systems that you come across here. And how do they operate? Because you said something very fascinating when you first started talking. You said, you just make sure the water and, and stuff runs downhill. So <laughs> right? is, that, is that too simple or is I, that an easy way of breaking it down? I'm going to break it down to three categories. We have pre-1980. Okay. Pre-1980, you could walk up with a napkin to the health department with an, an idea and a drawing. And it'd probably be accepted. Mm -hmm. Back... Before 1980, we had large land masses and small houses. These people used water very conservatively. They did not leave it on. They did not have appliances that ran water nonstop. They did laundry once a week mm -hmm. at best. Mm -hmm. Showers were not an everyday thing, believe it or not. Um, and these systems tend to have concrete septic tanks, a concrete and or homemade distribution box. Mm which can be cinder blocks laid on their side with a poured foundation, and then they smeared a ceiling concrete, and then they just shoved clay pipes through those that, that foundation. So for those who don't even know, explain a distribution box. So if we are going to describe a septic system, we'll start, we're gonna go one step back. A septic tank is a trash can. Don't think of it anything more. I cannot tell you how many people open it up and say, oh my gosh, it's full. Mm. All septic tanks are full. 
What you don't want is that the pipe that's exiting to have any sort of water standing inside of it. Mm -hmm. That means it's not draining very well. But when, when waste goes into a septic tank, solid settle paper floats. We actually are grabbing the clear water in the dead center of it. Mm. All right. So we go from the trash can to a, an exhaust manifold on a car for many people. Mm -hmm. That seems to work. So you take a, a, a box that's now receiving some somewhat clear water. Believe it or not, in some houses, it's crystal clear. Without the scent, you would have no idea it was ever in a toilet or mm. anything in the waste. That is broken apart to however many drain lines are in the house. The older the house, the less drain lines. Because, again, they didn't use that much water. They didn't need the square footage to mm -hmm. get rid of it. Our modern drain fields that use gravel use 100 foot. Older ones use about 50 foot. So this distribution box, in order for it to work properly, it needs to be level and it needs to have the same amount of water going to each line. Otherwise, one line is working exponentially harder than the rest because unless you have a ton of water mm -hmm. coming in, it's going to be bone dry. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, the type of pipes that used to be allowed off the distribution box, we have everything from literally tar paper. Wow. <laughs> to clay pipes that okay. were the kiln fired and those ones are the most impressive you can dig them out they could be 60 years old and they're huh. still shiny huh. if they're not clogged um but those ones were not solid they're okay. one foot length okay they've been sm smushed together and each one of their cracks yeah is where the water comes out oh wow and on purpose on purpose yeah so it, it leaves the distribution box and then goes to what I would call a drain field. To the drain field. Yes. But on those those corrugated ones, it starts to starts to leak as soon as it leaves the box. And this okay. is problematic in today's world because it's, if you have a bunch of like pipes leaking um, side by side, it could bubble the surface. Okay. All right. In a modern system, the distribution box has solid pipes that leave it called headers. Okay. And then they turn into the drain field, and when the drain field is starts, that's where the gravel and the holes in the pipe begin. So how deep in the ground should those pipes be after they're going through the distribution box? That has a lot to do with the soil around here. And okay. today, right now, we're installing, as we speak, three drain fields. One I'm putting in at 13 inches and one I'm putting at three and a half feet deep. Hmm. It's all based on the soil. Hmm. We also have a drain field now that is the same as irrigation line, drip irrigation. Mm -hmm. And those things can't be any bigger than your thumb in size. If you know, That's how far we've come yeah. with technology. Yeah. But if we stay with the old ones, um, it really can be as close to the surface, and you can almost feel them when you walk over it, or it can be three feet, four feet down and has been covered up ten times over, and I'll never be able to tell you where it is in the world unless you show me a map or yeah. I can use a camera to go find it. This is so fascinating. I have so many multiple questions here, but let's just keep going with the story. So you started about 1980, and you said before then, you never know it's what you're going to get. It's the Wild West, yeah. It's the Wild West. So now moving on, and there become multiple we start, kind of we get more, a health more, tech, more technology. You get a health department. So how does how does that develop over those years? So the health department, depending on the county you're in, um, really starts to have better records around 1980s. They're starting to do a little oversight. They're starting to do um, install visits, and that is the the rise of PVC. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, when we see PVC, we're like, all right, it's at least 1980s-ish and forward. Right. Um, and originally they used good PVC and over time, what happens? We figured out how to skimp out, skimp mm -hmm. out, skimp out to the day. I can give you a PVC that's about the size of hair, right. but the older ones, they, they actually tend to be pretty good. Um, it, until you get to 2003, 
that it's basically a septic tank, a distribution box, and four to five lines. Okay. On a two-bedroom, it might be three lines. And so you're just going to see that over and over and over again. However, um, in the same period of time, corrugated plastic comes out. And corrugated plastic, I'm 160 pounds wet. I'm being generous to my weight on that one. <laughs> and I can, with my left heel, flatten corrugated plastic. Right. Yeah. Well, we've been using excavators and skid steers since that period of time, too. Mm-hmm. And we have a traditionally very rocky soil around here. So if the, the installer has buried that and then, and then was, took the easy way out of uh, covering it up and just mm-hmm. sent the lowest paid employee, mm-hmm. very often we're finding crushed corrugated pipes all the way until e- even a year ago if they've been mm. installed. And we're talking 2022 and that year ago. Mm. So corrugated pipes is, is one of the, on a for sale inspection, one of the biggest things we're looking for because they do crush. And when they crush, again, one pipe might be taking all the water. And there's a really important reason that, that that's not what you want. Mm, wow. And so if you crush a pipe, what are the consequences? So in Virginia, we can fix anything that's not the drain field. So once the gravel starts, it is out of our hands. Now, there's not to say there's a few little workarounds around that, that blanket statement, but it's very few options. So if your system was designed to let the water out five lines and we crush say two of those lines mm-hmm. three lines are now working at the same rate as the five would have and if you would believe that one sewage spill above the ground on any one of those lines is a failure of your entire system mm-hmm. all the way back to your house mm-hmm. that's actually the law mm-hmm. so we don't want one line to work or two lines or three lines to work when five should supposed to be working um, we're very adamant about fixing those headers we're very adamant about keeping roots out of those headers mm-hmm. because that is what causes, and I've seen it, I've seen four brand new lines and one line working hmm. the whole time and it failed and we had to charge the person for a whole new septic system over one wow. line failing. And you're referring to just, I'll, I'll put my real estate hat on, you're referring to whenever somebody's buying or selling a house that has a septic system it's always good standard good practice to ask for an inspection you just never know what you're going to get especially depending on the age of the house and the age of the septic system so when that happens on the buying standpoint you you want to make sure that your septic field is working on the selling standpoint you're just you have you are obligated you should provide a a good working house (laughs) so so there is a there is a balancing act of when you're going to do an inspection yes you're working for the buyer but you're also making sure that you're properly communicating to both the buyer and the seller of a house of what does this look like how does it work and you're going to be an inspector but then at the same time, you're also somebody who's like, I can provide the solution. So what do you look for when you go to an inspection like that? So uh, at the very minimum, we're, we're looking at infrastructure. Um, it's my personal belief that if you lived in a house for 20 years and you decided to do minimal to no maintenance and, and something fails when you go to sell, unfortunately, that might be the time that you're going to find out that the cost of those behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot tell you how often I've been bragged to on the fact that they were able to get away with 27 years of no pumping, 30 years, no pumping. Oh no, because, that doesn't sound right. Because they, they were put Riddick's in there and that they've, they've won up the septic guy. And mm-hmm. I can tell you that until three years ago, I didn't even have a pump truck. Hmm. I didn't, 
didn't need a pump truck. I subbed all that out. Hmm. But pumping is the most healthy thing that one can do for their their hmm. system. But for the re- inspections, we are looking to protect the person who is purchasing that infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if we're hired by the seller, mm-hmm. you know, this is a major transaction for mm-hmm. someone's life. And the average septic repair can get quite out of hand in, in terms of cost. It can go from something that could be a hundreds to thousands to... We recently had one that had almost $90,000 due, wow. due to the terrain, and that person was unprepared for that bill. However, their house would not be occupiable mm. any longer because mm. they don't have a sewage system. Mm. So um, to answer your question plainly, and on a conventional septic, which is the one that's just the septic tank, the distribution box, the headers, and the, and the ditches, we're looking to see if the, the septic tank is sound and safe. And we get in a lot of a lot of feedback from people that it's never been a problem for them before, but we find a lot of cracks, a lot of degradation that you can't see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've reached, uh, you know, one of my realtors famously said that she met me with my ankles in the air and my head underground. She's like, she honestly thought there was something wrong with me, but I flipped my head upside down in this tank with a flashlight and I'm looking for cracks. Because I don't want to be the person that missed the crack that killed the three-year-old. I think the first time that we met, you were knee-deep in the water and put your hands in the water and said, look at this, look how clean this is. And I think my client who was with me was ready to run for the hills and said, this guy's nuts. Yeah, it's because it was rainwater. And that was because there was a major leak right there. And it was, there, there was something, you know, I would never... I have a, I have a stomach from fish research but believe me there was there's some incidences in the septic world that have have pushed me a little bit further down the uh, the rabbit hole on that one my definitely mom, qualifies for the dirty jobs of uh, the world my mom has sometimes she says i don't remember why we paid for your college because i know what you do with your your time yeah but the, you know what um we we solve a lot of problems in terms of a distribution box what we're looking for is water softeners typically eat those but as do our septic waste it's really interesting um you you can look at a lot of these systems and just think that they're really boring Mm -hmm. water distribution system but they're biological and they're very Mm -hmm. neat Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm going to use some words here sorry about your listeners and i'm going to keep them as pg as possible but bacteria fart they fart a lot um (laughs) they're gassy little buggers and there's about a gazillion of them in your system um they're not as important in conventional systems as people have been told. Hmm. Number one, don't ever use Ridex. It's the devil. So Ridex is nothing more than fancy bread yeast that you pay four or five times the going rate for bread yeast. And what it does is it eats your solid waste and makes smaller solid waste. There's no magic. Hmm. The solid waste is going into your drain field. That's what's happening. But at the same time, our normal biological communities inside of these things, they, they take our waste and they eat, um, eat it. And then what they fart is hydrogen sulfide the Mm -hmm. same stuff we put in propane to make sure that you know that it's leaking Mm -hmm. hydrogen sulfide has got this little pesky molecule called sulfur sulfur is super acidic when wet it doesn't doesn't seem to hurt anything below the water line but when it volatilizes off in gas above the water line it eats concrete like acid Mm. and it eats if you've ever been afraid of uh, acid rain um this this makes acid rain look like kids Good stuff. Yeah, sure. And acid rain is actually hydrogen sulfide from coal plants. Okay. But instead, we're keeping it in a cloud inside a concrete box that can't breathe very good. Right. So that is to say that a a septic tank has two holes in it, typically. A distribution box comes with 8, 10, 12 holes, and we seal that with something called hydraulic cement 
Hmm. The hydraulic cement has no aggregate in it, so it's highly susceptible to degradation hmm. from this, um, hmm. this gas. Mm -hmm. At a certain point, I can't fix it. Mm -hmm. It's not going to hold. If I fix it tomorrow and a year from now, you'll think that I was a liar. So we just stop patching right. it. Right. There's, there's something called parging. We can do that. Sure. But there's now times that we've learned, especially over time, that any time past a half inch, three quarters inch, parging is not the solution. It's going to turn to peanut butter. Mm -hmm. um, so in your experience, there's different levels of what an inspection can entail. You're talking about physically looking at the distribution tank. Absolutely. There are some options that buyers can pursue that is just a, a walkover kind of inspection. There's other inspections that have like now microscopic cameras that can go down into tubes and tanks. How? Talk to me about the levels and what you would recommend of what the inspection should look like. So... Again, I, I come from a different world. I really don't like to speak before I know the answers. And um, because I really hate being wrong, we can talk about a re really good story of me being on stage and being put through the, uh, <laughs> the gauntlet of questions. And I, and this I, is the gauntlet. This is I, and, the gauntlet right and here. And I talked from my rear that day, and, I, and I, got, I got handed my rear as a result. So yeah. this is what I do. Um, the walkover inspection is the worst money you can ever spend in your life. I... I actually have no discount for walkover. Mm. If you really want me to do it, I'm mm -hmm. going to charge you an excavation rate because I really don't want you to do it. A mm hundred -hmm. percent um, of our walkover inspections call us within the first six months and mm. say, what, what happened? Why didn't you catch this? Yeah. And I said, you know what? It's amazing, but I still don't have x-ray vision to see underneath the ground. I cannot see through lids. A walkover inspection legally, I'm not allowed to even have a tool on site. Hmm. So... I don't suggest this. However, if you have big black spot in your yard already, you know, that's a cheap way to find out that we need to go get an engineer. Yeah. The excavation, um, the full excavation, which allows us to dig up the lid of a septic tank, if not both of them, each tank has two, um, and the distribution box is the way to go. In my company, cameras come free. Hmm because I can't hmm. see what I can't see. Mm -hmm. And the camera, even though now it's retail rates about eight grand for hmm. me to have them, I've got three, that's how good they are. Hmm. Uh, I actually have a backup for in case one goes down because I can send it to yeah. the repair shop yeah. and, and spend the money. Sure. Um, some would argue they're job finders. It's not, tr it's not untrue. I, I find a lot of things that I would never, ever, ever, ever find any other way. Mm -hmm. um, Roots and the beginning of roots are found on camera. However, if you ever get a septic inspection from a company like ours and who said, we know it's crushed, we can't show you. What that means is the camera, as soon as it goes underwater, the water actually is black and septic. Mm. That's why it's called black water. Mm -hmm. I just know that we're hitting something where we should be able to see everything we're looking at. And, mm. we can, and we can tell you where it's at. We just can't show you that problem, especially if the water's back back a couple feet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. I mean, that's impressive that you're including that with the inspections. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's not necessarily just a job finder, but like you said, you're protecting the person who is purchasing the house. And obviously the seller is going to be a little, not a little worried, but they should think, hey, I've got a good septic system. They would know if there's an issue. So again, from a selling perspective, you're not trying to hide anything. It just makes sense for the buyer to come in and make sure they're getting a good house. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to touch on something else that you shared. You mentioned conventional mm -hmm. several minutes ago. What are the other alternative systems especially here in frederick county in our local area we hear that a lot what's the difference between them and uh what makes them work all right so we're going to go to the reason alternatives happen and it's not a gross governmental oversight which is what i hear all the time 
No one is after your money and no one wants to be mean to you. In around 2003, when the law came into effect, the, the Chesapeake Bay watershed completely collapsed. If you guys remember, there was no crabs or no oysters for all of 2003 and some of 2004. Mm. There were some. They were astronomically priced. And that was basically because pollution was hitting our waterways and causing algae blooms until they collapsed and sucking all the oxygen out of these tributaries. Mm -hmm. We were able to identify three sources of this pollution, industrial, farming, and residential, especially mm. high-density residential on septic. Mm. So back in the day when it was 100 acres, 200 acres, 500, 5,000, depending how lucky you were, you couldn't hurt the water table if you tried. But now we have places like Mountain Falls. We have um, Shawnee mm -hmm. Land. Mm -hmm. We have high density even in Winchester. And believe it or not, our septic water can hit the water table before it's treated, mm. especially in high density. Mm -hmm. Alternative septic systems do nothing more than treat the water the same way that the city water is treated before it hits the river. Mm. So we're putting micro water plants in people's yards. And believe it or not, they require maintenance just like the entire staff's water plant. That's what I was going to ask you. In order to make it work. Because part of that means that the county or somebody has to come out and inspect it on a regular basis. And so the law says that if when you buy or manufacture a home, you sign an agreement with the government that you will have it maintained and, and taken care of by a professional mm -hmm. so the corners aren't cut. Hmm. And there is not the tightest law in every single county on punishments. And I can tell you, I see hmm. some really interesting things from day to day um, in terms of home fixes or and or lack of service. And right. um, I had a few few clients that when I, I got hired, I went there and I said, hey, why are your breakers turned off? And they said, well, my electric bill was like 5 or $6 more a month when there were breakers on, so we just turned those off because they saved a lot of money. That Their, their system literally was just overflowing. They had no idea because they didn't realize their whole system was running on pumps. Because they didn't check it. They weren't noticing. The, and it was, there's, there, aren't there lights that you can see? Absolutely, but okay. if you turn the breakers off in your house, well, of you, there you go. You're not going <laughs> to see the lights. Yeah. yeah. So... So the system um, has a series of alarms, and if they're put in properly, the alarms are on their own circuit. And, the, you know, the alarms are not there to tell on you. They're there to tell you, like, you might have a problem mm -hmm. here soon, both mm -hmm. here outside in your yard and in your house, and you might want to have that addressed. Hmm. So what would you say to somebody that says, I'm only going to buy a house that's unconventional. I, I don't know. I don't want to deal with alternative. What would you What so, would you suggest to so that? So the number one thing I get is that alternative septics are uh, a problematic and cost a whole lot. And I will say, they are they are definitely more expensive than conventional. But coming from the suburbs that I did as a childhood, I used to call my mom when she still lived in Manassas and say, "Hey, what's your water bill this month?" And she's about one hundred ten dollars. You, you can run an alternative system for under 40 bucks in mm. most, most houses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so my, my question is, is are, are you that opposed to the $40 a month bill? Right. Or my bank allows me to open as many bank accounts as I want and have automatic transfers. <clears throat> I suggest everyone, every mm. single person on septic, open a septic bank, bank account called septic. Find yourself the highest rate savings account you can mm -hmm. and just transfer 50 bucks a month into it. Hmm. There's very few things that will happen to you over the course of 15 to 20 years that you won't be able to pull that money out and mm -hmm. really, really hammer the problem. Makes with, sense. Without much effort. 
Uh, on the transferring of real estate, that's when sometimes things get real, yeah. unfortunately. Sure. Because now we're having to address a bigger issue that could have been maintained slowly over the last few years. It just, I think it's just common sense to understand your home that you live in, understand how it works and what it takes to maintain. And septic is no different, just like your, your plumbing system, just like your electrical, just like your roof, you, you name it. Absolutely. And we, we used to go out of our way, and I still try as hard as I can. As we grow, it's becoming harder. I mean, I, I used to know all the dogs and kids and everyone in the house and even the in-laws' names. And now, you know, I, I, today I've gotten 70-some calls. And even <laughs> on the way here, when I was late, about five minutes, I was getting more calls. Yep. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we really strive on the intro visits. Mm-hmm. I try to find at least one person in the house. Quite frankly, it's always the wife that listens way better than the husband. Don't tell the husband hey, that. No. But honestly, Come on. but but honestly, the husband he already knows, and the wife she's sitting there taking notes. And so, um, there there's a few things I I can show you to uh, to keep it going in in terms of emergencies. And there are times that I spend a lot of effort to try to get people to get through the weekend so they don't have that emergency call fee. I personally don't charge emergency call fees. Most of them are 350 to get mm. the truck out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's because we have to pay these these employees. And now you have fine. a truck. Yeah. Yes. Now yeah. you, you have you have advanced in your uh, your business and you have grown in that capacity where you're not just in a Prius, right? I have I have way too many trucks. <laughs> I have a I have a diesel bill that that makes me throw up in my mouth. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. It means you've grown. Now, yep. be, before we do wrap it up, there's one other segment of kind of just conversation I want to touch on very quickly. The concept of uh, a perk system and how many bedrooms a house can have based off the septic good field. questions. <laughs> because as, as an outsider and as someone who doesn't fully understand this, I find it to be vastly ridiculous of counting how a septic field can hold a certain amount of waste only based on the number of bedrooms a house has. Not bathrooms, not people. Give me your take on that because as, I'm blow as, your mind because it's actually people. Good. As an agent, <laughs> it, I find it fascinating that the health department calls it that. So uh, I'll just back up and, and I'll give more context. Uh, a home is going to be given um, a number of bedrooms that you're allowed to have based off of the soil, right? And so from there, you build uh, a house that constitutes how big a septic field can have. Correct me if I'm wrong. Tell me what, what this whole world entails of number of bedrooms for septic field. I'm going to give you the given, and you're going to understand most of what comes next. And Because there's a the disgusting trend around here, and, and it's not fair to most of the buyers. A bedroom is two people. Okay. That's it. That's it. So we, we pretend every person uses 75 gallons of water a day. Okay. And a way to, to linearize this idea is that we don't care if you're in a typical American family or one that wants to have 15 kids. It doesn't matter. Every bedroom is rated for two humans. Got it. So a three-bedroom house yep. can handle three or six people. Six people. Right? Okay. At 150 gallons per bedroom, Okay. the septic system is made for 450 gallons a day. Okay. Here's where I have a big problem in the real estate world, not you all, but the builders. Okay. And, I, and I'm finally into it, and I found some builders I actually really like on this one. How many people have bought a three-bedroom house, and the builder told them, we're going to leave the basement undone, there's room for two more down there, mm-hmm. and, they, and then they walk away, and they build a three-bedroom septic that cannot be upgraded to five bedrooms unless you spend an astronomical amount of money. Right. The reason is, is that the, bed, or the size of the septic tank is size to the amount of bedrooms 
on the building. On the building, which constitutes people, which constitutes number of gallons it can As have. As does yes. the size of the drain field. Right. So these, these builders who sell a three-bedroom house with the upgrade of five bedrooms at a future date mm-hmm. are straight line. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way to do it. I have a client that we had a transaction on where I was on the buyer side, and it was a different kind of septic company, not yours. Probably mm-hmm. should have used yours, but it was on the seller side who was giving us an inspection, mm-hmm. and we didn't research until later down the road. It's, it was an obvious four-bedroom colonial. Mm-hmm. Well, in West Virginia, for whatever reason, they only constituted it three, but the builder was legally allowed to build four bedrooms, and there's a basement, and now they're having issues. It's very complicated and convoluted of how, like, you know, which government agency speaks to the other for builder codes for septic and health department to merge all that together. They are two unrelated departments, Mm. and we use them against each other all the time Mm. in our industries. The builders are the ones that actually stretch it the furthest. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to give legal advice. You you know more than I do. But I, uh, in terms of real estate, I do have seen a trend that you're allowed to add conditionally one extra bedroom over the septic size on a house Hmm. because most of us don't put two people in every bedroom. Right. Correct. Right. So, however, the situation you're talking about was, in my opinion, I, I hate to say it, it's fraud. Sure. And it's fraud from the builder because they knew before they left that place that they're, if they wanted to build a five bedroom, it would have cost them twenty, thirty thousand extra, mm-hmm. and they got away, and they they took their two years leave, and they're gone, and mm-hmm. now they're 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 washing their hands of it. I hear it every day. I've seen a three bedroom houses finished to five bedroom. Mm-hmm. They're they're wondering like, well, how do we get it to five? And a thousand gallon tank is the is the smallest size tank, but a five bedroom septic tank's fifteen hundred gallons. The drain field's an extra twenty five percent larger. And honestly, if you put 10 people in a three-bedroom house, you're going to fail your septic in under a couple years. And it's all about the soil, right? The soil. The soil is what writes the story. Um, So when you're by the river, you have a lot of sand in the soil. And it will drain regardless of how much water you put Mm -hmm. in it because it's a floodplain. Right. You go up in the mountain, you got shale. There's times at some shale, for instance, I live in Frederick County on top of the mountain, and my joke is you can drop a fire truck in my driveway, and by the time it pulls out, I can walk barefoot with dry feet. (laughs) And I have a three-bedroom house that the builder said that I could have five bedrooms in. No problem. Yep. Yep. And that's before I knew anything. However, I have been to some spots um, in between these two locations, and if you dumped a five-gallon bucket on the driveway, it's going to be wet tomorrow. And the, you know, the soil truly struggles to, to let it go through. Clay is, clay is part of our life. You know, Virginia red clay is famous. Mm-hmm. We make great bricks. And we do not, we make great ponds. Mm-hmm. But we do not make good draining soil where clay exists. Right. Um, and those are the places that you're starting to see sand mounds. You see the drip irrigation. And drip is amazing because it allows large amounts of water to go through very small drain fields. But we're actually bringing in 20, 25, 30 dump trucks load of good soil to bury hmm. that system in. Hmm. Not all my competitors are doing that at the moment. Hmm. And we're seeing some fields that are mm-hmm. blown out because they didn't put enough soil on top to cap it in. Mm-hmm. But um, that's the whole idea that the sand mound always was, is the sand mound was a bank. It actually comes all the way from Wisconsin because they, their winters were so cold, they needed to figure out a way to get this water to go in the ground and sand sure. and, and injecting water into sure. it was the way to do it. Huh. It works great here. 
But our sand here is seventy nine to ninety nine dollars a ton before I even touch it. Yeah. And so it's really, really non economical for most people. Got it. You are a world of knowledge, and I think we can keep talking for another hour. Oh, we can go whenever. But we're gonna we're gonna shut it down for now. And I'm just gonna say that yeah, you you've obviously proven your knowledge, but you also, for from my standpoint, have proven that you can get the job done. You're not just doing inspections, you're not just doing repairs, you're installing full septic systems. So the full gamut. Um, you can call Matt for all those things. How do we contact you? Because you're also on um, our real estate site, iconcells.com. Uh, you go to the resource page and you'll see septic and you'll see your stuff pull up. But where is your actual location of how people can get in contact with you? So we have a super long email, but your well, email and website is onsite wastewater services VA, like Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another company that, that had the other one for a minute. Um, and they're no longer in business. But so on-site wastewater service, we're out of Gore, and we service all the way from Loudon to Luray, mm-hmm. all the way to Warrington. That's amazing. Yeah. So Matt, you're the guy to call. Ah, we'll try. I appreciate you being here. Always. Thanks for sharing so much. I am now far more uh, educated than I was half an hour ago. I appreciate so, it. Thanks so much, Matt. Appreciate it. Wow! 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 Thank you so much, Matt, for that um, information. Your wealth of knowledge. And, you know, I, I'll just admittedly say I did learn tons from the conversation. Um, and I hope you guys did as well. And as I referenced, you can go to um, the iconcells.com website to, to track him down. You can then also go to his own personal um, company's website, onsite wastewater service VA.com, as he shared. And um, yes, he does have more than a Prius right now um, for us to rely on that he can get that job done for us and this entire geographical area in the Virginia um, surrounding area around us. So thanks so much, Matt, for sharing that. Well, before we do leave, I mentioned at the top that it is Memorial Day coming up. So hopefully everybody gets a chance to enjoy uh, the day off on Monday and to remember what um, has gone through um, our country over the last um, two plus centuries um, to give us the freedom that we have. So we certainly appreciate all of the, the veterans, all those family members who are left behind for people who have lost their lives. And here at Iconic Talk, we want to recognize and celebrate that as well. Well, on to what are the events coming up without getting into too much detail. I'm just going to highlight a couple. You know, we talk about West Oaks Farmer's Market a lot here because they do a lot. But just something fun with the family. On Saturday, they have a strawberry festival where you can go out there and pick strawberries all day from 8 in the morning to 8 at night. It's a super popular um thing to do in this time of year and strawberries are abundant in our area so go go hang out with your family see the sites um hang out at their festival out there all day um there'll be plenty of activities things to do um at west oaks on saturday and then on monday um there there's plenty of things for memorial day but i'm going to personally be uh, a part of a event it's the loudon street mile And if you guys have never seen that or experienced it, I would suggest that you go check it out. It's a morning race. Um, You can either walk, you can run, or your kids can participate in what they call a tot trot. And um, it's just a straight run. I call it downhill, Loudon Street. So you, you start a little past Corals Elementary, up that hill a little bit, where you're getting close to the intersection of Jewel Early. And you're running straight down Loudon and ending on the walking mall just a little past um, the intersection there of Bascallen. So that, that tracks for a mile. 
And for runners out there, it is a straight sprint. And it's fun because, okay, yes, I did the 10K um, a couple weeks back for Apple Blossom. That's, that's painful. If you're not a runner like me, that's painful. A mile, I can handle. So go check that out because for the Loudon Street Mile, um, you can participate. You can get a T-shirt. It's a, it's a great activity to do with your family, with your friends. Um, and go to that webpage. Um, I'm, there's actually a link that we'll post on our Iconic Talk um, social media out there for you to register and sign up for that. So that's where I will be on Monday morning um, running. Icon Real Estate will be sponsoring it as well. You'll see us down there, get some giveaways, and that'll be a fun event to promote. Well, that is it for us today. I really hope you guys learned something from today's episode and look forward to sharing more with you next week. Remember, when you look for a real estate professional, make sure they are experienced, innovative, personal, dedicated, and available. We really appreciate you spending your valuable time with us because um, it is important for, for you to learn about things, but pass this on to your friends. Let them know how to subscribe and how to share um, our episodes. There might be one or two that you look back on and be like, oh, my friend would love to hear about that topic. And we are going to continue to share more things about that, um, about real estate and local happenings around Winchester. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for our editor extraordinaire, Simi Battaglia. Until next time, think iconic. Iconic.